Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 6 rankings debate starts, sits at each position. If you out there want to help out the show, smash the like button to the episode. And in the comment section, please leave your favorite sleeper wide receiver. You know know what? Sleeper running back this week, because we're devoid of a lot of good options at running back due to bye weeks, due to injuries, and just a lack of games. It's uh, not going to be pretty if you have a bunch of guys on bye week or if they are hurt at the running back position. Also, if you're listening to the audio podcast, please leave a five-star rating. Also, if you're feeling generous, please leave a review. That is the currency of the show. In the description, if you want to find the projections, the tools, and everything you need to get ahead, the start-sit feature, the cornerback, wide receiver matchups, in the description, you will find links to FTN Daily, FTN Fantasy, and FTNBets.com at FTNDaily.com. It's 25% off right now at this moment. Plus, if you use code Mayo, you get an extra 10% off. has everything you need to make the most informed decisions of the week for your fantasy lineups, whether that be in your season long, whether it be on DraftKings, or even if you're just playing player props. The projections work pretty well for that. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I've actually been doing quite well on props, which is shocking for me. Uh, Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League link in the description of this video. Only 2,500 spots this week. No rake, $15 to play, three max entry. And it is filling very quickly. So I suggest, even though as we record this, the pricing isn't out, you probably want to get your spot before it fills. All right, let's bring him in from theathletic.com at AllInKid on Twitter. Jake Seeley, what is happening, my man? Yeah, it's a crazy week, but no Thursday night football, so yay. It's Tuesday night. I guess that's the good thing. Tuesday night, and we end up with no Thursday night, which, by the way, I don't know if you remember your last episode. Uh, immediately, that Kansas City Chiefs going undefeated bet that you said nobody should take is out the window. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that uh, I suggested that people don't take it. I've been wrong so much on the show. It's nice to have one in the win column. <laughs> you, got a, you got quite a few in the win column. <laughs> Yeah, uh, probably more in the big L column when it comes down to it. But I do want to let everyone know before we jump into the running back rankings that all of the rankings are in the description of this video and podcast. They are updated at the end of each day. And I don't have to update them like after before the Thursday game because there is no Thursday game. It's fantastic. It's just less work for me. I'm loving week six, Jake. There's four teams on by, no <laughs> Thursday night game. I don't really care that there's a Tuesday night game. I'll just update the rankings for after that. So the biggest update for me for the week when it comes to injuries, when it comes to re-rankings, is going to be the Friday evening show. That's also the show where I take questions and answers in the comment section of the video. That's the draw of the Friday show. I answer them on Saturday evenings. Once we have the Saturday injury report, that's when you should be making your lineup decisions. Like, you want to get ahead. You want to get players in. 
for right now, but uh, you know things can change throughout the course of the week. Some people play, some people won't. So everything that's in here right now is you know timestamped to Tuesday afternoon when we film this. If guys get hurt in the <laughs> Tuesday night game, probably not going to be in the rankings anymore uh, after the show has already been put out. So hit those updated rankings. I feel like I shouldn't have to explain this, Jake, but I do every single week anyway. Running back rankings for week six. Guys I have currently in the rankings, Philip Lindsay and Zach Moss, guys that I have likely out and are not in the rankings, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, and LaShawn McCoy, Chargers, Saints, Seahawks, and Raiders on bye week this time around. Let's go to the very top of the rankings. We have Ezekiel Elliott against the Cardinals at home on Monday night, even with Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Still like Zeke a lot here. And there's, it, there's a big drop-off uh, at a certain point at running back this week with all the buys and injuries. I go Derrick Henry, Alexander Madison, Mike Davis, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Aaron Jones, James Conner, James Robinson, Kareem Hunt. It's funny because you have all these guys that are off. All the, like A lot of the workhorse backs are kind of gone. There's no Kamara. There's no Chris Carson. There's no Josh Jacobs. Dalvin Cook is injured. And then you get into a situation where you have like the Aaron Joneses of the world um, and Jonathan Taylor or Al- not necessarily Alexander Madison, but Mike Davis, who have like some of these tough, ma- tougher matchups. Kareem Hunt has a tough matchup, but it they get volume. They go inside the top 10. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you look at a couple of those, like Aaron Jones against the Buccaneers. Some people will probably push back on you for that one. I, I would and, I, I would actually push back that without Vita Villa in the middle, that you might be able to run on them all of a sudden. No, I meant that he's not higher, Oh, is what I was going to say. I, I thought yeah. people would say, hey, oh, that's a terrible matchup. You don't want to do it. But I don't think no, the matchup's no, no, no. as bad. I was going to say, it's, yeah, and I was going to say it's the Aaron Jones fans. who would be like, You're, you have Aaron Jones way too low. How do you start? How would you put Aaron Jones behind Mike Davis and behind Jonathan Taylor and stuff like that? But again... Those are the top 10. You know, who cares? Uh, you're going to probably people are going to push back. What's wrong with Clyde Edwards Hilaire? He hasn't been doing this and he hasn't been doing that and he's been miserable. But these top 10 are solid. I, I don't have a problem with any of them. If people out there watching really want to get back to the nitpicking of them, I'm not going to do it. You know, the, you, you mentioned a lot of times if you're starting them, you're starting them. And in a week like this, I mean, we see like James Robinson has been great, but now he's inside the top 10 because wh- one of the best matchups. And what are you going to do after this? Like one of the worst matchups that you have right at 11, which you haven't said yet, is somebody that you probably get a little bit pushed back on too. Well, Miles Sanders comes in at number 11. He was able to break off the one big run, and sometimes that's all it takes to hit fantasy value, especially in a week like this against Baltimore. It's not a great matchup. I do expect some of the Eagles receivers to be back next week or for in week six. It looked like Deshaun and Alshon were close last week. Not that they were like great or anything like that, but just more people on the field to take away some of the focus on Miles Sanders, maybe get him back going in the receiving game a little bit. But again, there's only so many running backs left in week six that actually get volume. He's one of them. He just has a bad match. Yeah. No. And that's, you know, that's what we're dealing with here is David Johnson. I don't know. Do you want to get to your teams? I don't have a problem with any of your 10, your top 10. All right, so yeah, 11 is Miles Sanders. And then after that, at number 12, we go to Miles Gaskin. David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Raheem Mostert, David Montgomery. I think that's where kind of the drop-off is uh, in terms of then you can start putting these guys in any order you really want to because then it's Gibson, Bell, and Singletary at number 20. I even love Devin Singletary because Josh Allen steals all of his touchdowns. Zach Moss is probably going to be back, but it gets pretty dicey once you start going down the list after that. I should probably have Joe Mixon higher, I suppose, but uh, it is a tougher matchup against the Colts. I do like the receiving work. It's two weeks in a row now. It looks like it's going to be a real thing. 
Yeah, that's what we talked about last week. That's, as you just said, two games in a row, a game where the script would point to Giovanni Bernard in the past, and it wasn't. It was actually a lot of Joe Mixon. The overall excitement wasn't there for what he produced, but you have to be happy about 20 touches. He's getting the bell cow work, and that's what we want. Uh, Out of this entire group, I'm not with you on David Johnson. I I can't go that high on him. Not that he's super high, but I would put him behind Mostert, no question in my mind. And that's not even a great matchup, but I still would put him behind Mostert. Probably right there with David Montgomery is in the fact that similar running backs is I just don't expect a a lot from them. And there's somebody you don't even have inside your top 20 that I would start over both of them. Who is that? Devonta Freeman. Look. Washington's middle of the pack against run defense. Devontae Freeman has immediately turned into the Giants bell cow. I hate the Giants. You know this. I hate the Giants until Gettleman's gone. I hate their offense. I yelled at everybody last week who wanted to start Daniel Jones and ha 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 if you did that because of the matchup. Everybody wanted to start Evan Ingram. He saved the day with a rushing touchdown. The offense stinks. The funny thing is the offense stinks out of one person right now. Devontae Freeman. His burst is there, I would say, like, if we want to put a number on it, nine out of 10 of what his burst used to be, but he's getting so many snaps and so involved in the passing game that he's almost in the bell cow status that quickly. And Washington's not a scary run defense matchup. They're going to obliterate Daniel Jones all day long, but just as what happened last week, that's the exact same thing that happened. And Devonte Freeman had a really good day. Uh, I don't mind Freeman. I have not number 27 right now. I guess my one problem with him would be is, one, you're not going to see the type of pace that you saw last week against the Cowboys that you tried to keep it up and going, try to score as many points as possible. I, I know that's really the goal of football, but against the Washington football team where they're not scoring a bunch of points, <laughs> the pace of the game slows down a little bit. And it's still a three-way split backfield, not necessarily in terms of touches, but in terms of opportunity and how often they're on the field. Like last week, Devonta Freeman only played 53 three percent of the snaps then Lewis and Wayne Gallman kind of split up the other 50 percent between them and I don't see that changing a lot uh it's not that Deion Lewis is coming in stealing away touches from Devonta Freeman although he is running a bunch of routes but he's just going to be on the field while Freeman is not see but I don't have a problem with that it's because Devonta Freeman had 54 percent last week and so it's just the fact that he's getting the work. It's kind of the argument that people wanted to make for Gronkowski before the season started and said, well, that's fine if he's not getting the snaps because when he's on the field, he's going to be involved. Well, that obviously isn't happening, mostly because Gronkowski still looks like he's got a hitch in his step. But Freeman, when he's on the field, is getting the opportunities. I understand the pushback. I just think that I think Freeman deserves to be in the conversation with Antonio Gibson, who you have at 18, especially for what you continue to have said for the past three weeks and have been spot on about is that McKissick's been more used in the passing game has been the more consistent option a la like Theo Riddick back in the day. He has, but we've seen the passing game role for Gibson the past two weeks grow a little bit. It just turns out they have no one to pass to. So it's okay that McKissick ends up running a bunch of routes and catching a bunch of passes because there still is some left over for Gibson. It's not like you take you know it's not like Damian Harris where Damian Harris is on the field they're probably going to run and not pass to him whereas James White's on the field they're probably going to throw to him it just seems like you know they are definitely passing if JD McKissick is on the field but Gibson can kind of go either way and now Peyton Barber has been completely expunged from the situation so there's enough to go around yeah and again I, I don't disagree with that statement either I'm just saying for the usage of what we're seeing with Freeman and even though Gibson's taking up McKissick is still heavily involved. Like I said, the theoretic type of situation. I think me personally, I'd be 
kind of thinking a toss up between Gibson. That's where I was going to say I would move Freeman all the way up to Gibson. I'd play him in front of Le'Veon Bell, even though he's facing the Miami Dolphins, just because I still don't trust what Le'Veon Bell is. And any given week, that Gase is still going to give him 15 to 20 touches. Well, let's talk about Le'Veon. Frank Gore was in that game again. I know. I know. I saw. It was not great. <laughs> At least P. Ryan wasn't in the game. Then he complained about not getting touches. It was great. But there is rumors as we go on air and record this right now that the Jets are trying to trade Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I don't for think what I Well, that's the whole thing. I don't think that can happen because I don't think anyone wants to trade for that contract. I do think Le'Veon Bell can be good again, just not on the Jets. Like they're going to have to cut him. That's the only way to get rid of him. And and that part, they're eating a bunch of dead money anyway. So I don't know. Like, do you get a six round pick and eat some of the contract? I, mean, I don't even know how much you can do in football that wise. It's not exactly like baseball the same. I know there's some things they could do, but. Yeah, you're right. I don't know that anybody wants that contract. And I'm just like thinking through teams right now and going down the list. Like, who would really go after him anyway? Like, there's so many, there's clogged backfields. There's rookies that still haven't even gotten a full share that were taken in the second round because the preseason is definitely a concern, even with injuries. I mean, you know, Mike Davis, well, Chris McCaffrey's about to come back, and Mike Davis has been terrific. James Robinson's been great for the Jaguars. Like, where is Le'Veon Bell even going to go? No idea. I mean, just put him in the Ravens backfield. Make that like an eight-way backfield. Oh my god! <laughs> but I have, I have, him at, I have him at number nineteen right now. Like I would expect around fifteen plus touches. Like between fifteen and twenty is what I'm hoping for. And it's a fantastic matchup against the Dolphins. It is. It definitely is. I'm still just trying to like, like me. Chris Carson gets hurt, maybe. Like I just, I'm just trying to figure out where the hell he could even go. I don't even see an option option here. And I think some of these running back injuries have kind of shown that maybe don't pay running backs. I know we've been saying this for ages, and yeah, there are some running backs that are objectively better. Like Christian McCaffrey is better than Mike Davis, but not so substantially that you have to pay him <laughs> like fifteen million dollars a year. <laughs> oh, okay. so two things here is one, I just figured out where Le'Veon Bell could go. Matt Patricia with the oh, Lions. Jesus. That's, that's yeah, exactly. Tell me that doesn't seem like the perfect spot for Le'Veon Bell uh, with, after drafting DeAndre Swift. Uh, the funny thing that is that you said that about Mike Davis. I actually had somebody in the comments of the waiver article today say, what happens when Christian McCaffrey comes back? Mike Davis deserves a significant role. He doesn't. doesn't he? Christian like, McCaffrey plays 90% of the snaps when he comes back. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is Christian effing McCaffrey. He doesn't deserve shit. <laughs> Do you know how many catches Mike Davis is on pace for if you prorated his stats through his three games over 16 games? Um, I think, was it 103? It's 156. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so wow. I, don't, I don't want any pushback on Mike Davis because if he's going to play 85% of the snaps, he's going to catch like seven, eight balls a game. So essentially... Is DeAndre Hopkins at running back plus running back value is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, like I, I almost like I looked at the Bears. The Bears are a tougher matchup. Not that I really care so much about matchups in a week like this when I'm really trying to mine volume. But I just I penciled in Zeke because like clearly because he too is on pace for like close to 100 catches that Mike Davis could be number one in the rankings this week. I mean, you can make a case for it. He's finished top five most of it, or I know he's been inside the top 10, but I would almost guess he's been inside the top five at least a couple times since he took over. Yeah, like you have the outlier weeks from like Mixon uh, and just guys who end up scoring a bunch of touchdowns. But part of the ranking of number one overall, it's not a projection of I think this guy is going to finish first. It's do I have the most faith in this guy to come through this week? That's generally how I do my rankings. Uh, and I do have ultimate faith in Zeke that he's going to come through. But I kind of feel that way about Mike Davis, that no matter how bad of a game he has, he's going to score fantasy points. 
And I don't disagree with you. I think Mike Davis is going to be the name that everybody looks at and go like, oh my God, he's number four. What are you nuts? But I, again, there's nothing to argue against Mike Davis until Christian McCaffrey comes back. I do. You don't have any problem with Madison at number three, right? With no Delvin Cook? Not against the Falcons. Yeah, that's what I mean. If it wasn't the Falcons, I'd probably have him at like nine or ten, but it's the Falcons. No, he, Here's the pushback on this that I'll, for everybody that would say that seems absurdly high. How about all the excitement for Tony Pollard if Zeke got hurt? Like if Zeke got hurt and Tony Pollard was facing the Falcons, everybody would be like, oh, Tony Pollard, top five. So that's the same conversation you should be having. Uh, I moved David Johnson down to 16, one spot ahead of David Montgomery, one spot behind Colonel Mostar, just for you, because you know I, I, I appreciate your suggestions on these things. 21 to 30. This is going to be the range where a lot of people are picking from this week. I think this is kind of the essential range when we look at it, because like I said, this is going to be your real start-sit decisions. Everyone above this, you're just playing, realistically. Just how, unless your team is awesome at running back, I suppose. Ronald Jones at 21, Drake, Melvin Gordon, Damian Harris. Chase Edmonds, Daryl Henderson, Devonta Freeman, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, who looked good in his first game back, and James White. Yeah. The Rams' backfield is just going to be confounding all year long, it feels like. It's like a better version of the Detroit backfield is the way that uh, I'm but- kind of playing it. That Well, Henderson is, like objectively speaking, like Henderson at 26 and Akers at 29. Those guys aren't going to come 26th and 29th for the week. One of them is probably going to come like 14th. And it could be Malcolm Brown. And one of them is going to come like 50th. But I have no idea which one it's going to be. Yeah, I was actually going to say, you said the better version. I was going to say it's actually the better version of the Ravens backfield right now. So I'm not going to try and pick apart like who is it going to be any given week. Sean McVay is doing Sean McVay things. And that's why he's such a good offensive mind because he's made Jared Goff good. And he's going to use whatever's best for his team that day. It's, we talked about what happened to Daryl Henderson. Well, they want to pass blocking from Malcolm Brown. We assume that might carry over to this week's matchup because there's some pass rush to be concerned about. And then it didn't matter. It was Daryl Henderson day and then more Cam Akers sprinkled in, as you mentioned, who look good. Could it be a Cam Akers week? Absolutely. But that's why, to go back to Devontae Freeman, there's no question in my mind I would start Freeman over anybody in that backfield. And then as much as you and I have been on this Chase Edmonds better than Kenyon Drake situation, I would start Freeman over both of them. Uh, I actually, And I think you should have Edmonds in front of Drake. It, Edmonds actually, to date, is the better score in half and full point PPR. Oh, no, yeah, I agree with you that he's been the better score. The one thing that, like, the Chase Edmonds rushing touchdown from last week, he took it from a while, like, it weighs out, that... I know he had the receiving touchdown near the goal line in week one at like the wishbone format, but it was a fake to Drake that if they do get on the one yard line, if Kyler's not going to sneak it in himself, Drake is the one who's probably going to get the touch. So in my mind, if I'm playing for the bigger day, I do believe that Drake has the potential for the bigger day. Although if you're playing for pure floor, you could be right that Edmonds is you know more likely on a consistent basis going to outscore him at this point. But if one of them puts up the 30 point day, it's going to be Drake. I just don't even think that's happening anymore for Drake, but I understand your point. The, the, the thing that I do like about Edmonds too, is that he's been similar to the argument at, at Gibson, his snap share has been increasing. And then last week he finally stepped past Drake and running routes. So it's just continuing to go up. I think at some point, I think it's just Cliff Kingsbury every single week. Like, look, if you're going to keep performing, we're going to keep giving you more opportunities while Drake isn't. So maybe the touchdown for Drake last week saved them a little bit in Kingsbury's mind. I'm not going to say that I know what Kingsbury's thinking, I just, I've been on Edmonds, not obviously wasn't expecting Drake to be this bad, but at this point, uh, I get, you know, 
I would start Edmonds, but for your point about the ceiling, I get what you're saying. Again, I'm just going to go back to I would start Freeman over all these mixed backfields. Yeah, Kenny Drake last week, 68% of the running back snaps. They did play a lot of two-back sets as well as Edmonds played 40% of the snaps too. So Drake is still out there amongst the elite type running backs in terms of opportunity or potential opportunity. So I'm not willing to completely give up on him yet, but I do have him ranked down at number 22. And this is a guy that I had as a top 10 quarterback coming into the year. Big whiff. We talked about the L's. There's an L for you. Uh, I will move up Devonta Freeman based on your suggestion. So you would move him above Kenyon Drake, huh? No. Well, so I would move him in front of, I put him right alongside Damon Harris, but for me, I would flip Edmonds and Drake. So I would probably stop right around 24. All right, I'll put him a spot. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go one spot behind Edmonds. I just like that matchup with the Cowboys so much. So you moved on one spot, one whole spot? I moved him, yeah, I moved him up above uh, Daryl Henderson. Like, like you one whole said. spot. Yeah, but put, put, the, put them up. Yeah, listen. I was spot. talking about him being in the conversation with Antonio Gibson, and you moved him up one whole spot. <laughs> no, I like Gibson a little bit more. I isn't get, like the one thing about Freeman is he looks spry at the beginning of that game, and it looked like he kind of got tired towards the end of the game. Gibson just looks good. Uh, unfortunately, that team well, sucks. There's, yeah, no, a hundred percent that Gibson looks good, and it's a good matchup. I just to go back to it was I think it deserves to be a toss up. If you told me who do I want to start on my team, I would agree with you and say Gibson, but I would say the toss up conversation would be there. And I go back to the Le'Veon Bell situation. Uh, it's just, I guess the real problem here is that everybody from 19 through Devonte Freeman is I would mix a lot of these guys around that would move Freeman up to about RB 2021 overall. And there's just shifting some guys around, but it's similar to the top 10. I mean, 10 yards could be the difference between RB21 and RB27. Yeah, but I do think in this range, there's going to be a substantial difference between a lot of these guys. So whatever, it's kind of like your pick your poison. This is the order that I'm going in. Obviously, Jake's going to have something a little bit different. If you out there are a little bit different on it, just go with who you think is going to score the most points because the difference (laughs) between Melvin Gordon and Damian Harris in that same game, like these rankings suggest that Cam is going to play this week because if you look at the quarterback rankings, you'll see that I have Cam is likely in. If Cam was going to be likely out, I'd probably bump these guys down just a little bit just a tad because I think their overall ceiling is higher if Cam plays and I know that Cam could potentially steal some touchdowns but he also wildly opens up running lanes uh, for a lot of these guys to make longer runs possible too so there's a give and take when it comes down to it it's not like I would say Damian Harris is all of a sudden 24 to 45 but I'd probably move him behind Devonta Freeman if Cam wasn't to play and Stidham ended up becoming the starter that would just be my mindset on it but Harris could outscore Melvin Gordon by like 20 points in this game I or I could get three. Or yeah, like that. It's a really <laughs> bizarre range. That's you know, these are the decisions you're going to have to make. We're finally getting out of that crunch time of the year where yeah, everyone had their full complement of players. It was all nice, except for the games you know would get canceled and guys would get hurt. But now like you you have real decisions because you have the cancellations, you have the injuries. Now you have all these bye weeks. Is this going to be the worst running back bye week of the year? It's looking like because of the timing, because we're going to get Christian McCaffrey back within it sounds like two weeks probably not next week but the week after so you got to have coming back you won't have the teams that are on by you mentioned Camara's on a buy a lot of people would even start latavius murray in deeper leagues chris carson josh jacobs and the backfield of the chargers even split and then eckler's going to be back hopefully before the end of the year chubb hopefully before the end of the year so as of today i would say yeah this looks like the worst week all right 31 to 40 i got ap Philip Lindsay, Jarek McKinnon, Naheem Hines, Jamal Williams, Leonard Fournette. Mark Ingram has been guest ranked at number 37. Burkhead, McKissick, and Gus Edwards. Where would you like to rank Mark Ingram? Because I will uh, I will put him wherever you feel fit. 
Lower or higher? Uh, Mark, lower. How much lower? Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram or McKissick? 40, 46 behind Dearness Johnson. Really? You play Dearness Johnson over Mark Ingram? Oh, how the mighty have Mark followed. Ingram is droppable. Mark, Mark Ingram doesn't Ingram. deserve to be on rosters. He doesn't need, like, for if anything, Gus Edwards, what, the last two weeks? Has he been the most productive of all of them? Uh, none of, them, Ingram, are, none of just, them are productive. Right. Well, I mean, to, to that point, look, I would hate. So this is coming now. You hate Mark Ingram. I have been his supporter until this year. I would hate to drop Mark Ingram and then watch Dobbins get hurt and then or watch Edwards get hurt or Mark Ingram have 12 rushes for 100 yards and a touchdown because their offense is just clicking and they gave him two wide open holes and they just had a big day. But are you really holding it? Because you're not starting them for that. And then you're going to get trapped into holding them next week and starting them. It's similar to Mike Williams at wide receiver. You never start him. He has that big game. Everybody's going to want to start him after the bye. And then he's going to go out there and put up two catches for 28 yards. I would just drop him. I would, I would see first if anybody wanted to apologize for him this season and even give you, I would take JD McKissick straight up in a trade. I would even go deeper than that. But he doesn't deserve to be inside the top 40 at this point. I love it. I love this so much. This is my favorite thing that's happened all year. <laughs> uh, anyone else? From I, down did, should I have bought a jersey just so we could have burned it on your show? <laughs> I, I don't enjoy burning jerseys, but at the same time, is there anyone down on this running back list you can see if people are in like a desperation situation where they have to go pick someone up to plug in or just have the back end of their roster that you could envision actually playing, like Chris Thompson? That's uh, exactly who I was going to say. I said that you like to always talk about this for like, especially DraftKings lineups and stuff is like painting a scenario or creating a story of like where these values come from. You hope the Lions push the pace a little bit, hopefully push the scoring a little bit. And if that's the case, we saw Chris Thompson get a little bit back involved last week. And then it gets a little passing game work. I was looking right at Chris Thompson. I say similar situation as Matt Breida against the Jets. It was especially because Jordan Howard was an inactive. And outside of that, I mean, maybe Tony Pollard if the Cowboys game just gets out of hand, but I don't want to hopefully go that far. Yeah. Chris Thompson last week played 38% of the snaps in a game they were trailing the entire way. So they, yeah. it's, it was, was good. This, was his highest since week one? Yeah, it was because James Robinson James Robinson had handled 94% of the running back snap or running back carries and accounted for 98% of the running back yardage yeah. uh, for like <laughs> weeks two through four. So you know, it, it, the pendulum swung back just a little bit once everyone used him on DraftKings. Let's move to receiver. And once again, if you want to check out the best cornerback wide receiver matchups of the week, Jeff Radcliffe's shadow index and cornerback wide receiver matchups are up on FTN daily as of, I believe it's Thursday morning updated for the week. Uh, you can find the link in the description to get yourself the overall 25% off. And then if you just type in code Mayo, you get yourself 10% off. Just one of the many features over at FTNDaily.com. Come. Uh, likely in, I have Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, who Mike Tomlin said does have a chance to play this week, AJ Brown, DJ Chark, Brashad Perriman, Alshon Jeffrey, and Deshaun Jackson. Chances are some of these guys don't play, but for the rankings right now, they're listed as in. Likely out, Hump Daddy, Corey Davis, Sammy Watkins, AJ Green, Chris Hogan, Sterling Shepard, Brian Edwards, and Mimsy, Denzel Mims, who may never play a game in his NFL career. <laughs> <laughs> NFL career. Wow. I thought you were just going to say this season. Uh, so, before right. before we jump in, I want to get your take on the two like hot pickups of the week. You have Fulham and you have Chase Claypool. Obviously, Claypool is a better pickup. But if Deontay Johnson doesn't get hurt in that game, does Claypool still go off? 
No, see, and that's why I don't know that he's necessarily the better pickup. Uh, so what I wrote in the waiver column is if you want to argue for Claypool and you want to take Claypool over Fulgham, I don't have a problem with it. My concern here is, and this is what I laid it out. It's not my ODU homerism. It's not the fact that I love Travis Fulgham. And well, like it just comes down to who do I think is the number two right now? Travis Fulgham is the number. You could argue Travis Fulgham is the number one ahead of Greg Ward. But going forward, if Deshaun Jackson comes back, if Rager comes back at some point, I don't think Jeffrey is coming back. And if he does, what I, is Jeffrey? Oh, this oh, I, I think I think Jeffrey's going to be back this week. He missed last week, not due to injury, but because of an illness, a non-COVID illness. Like he was, had like the flu. No, no, but what I'm saying is not coming back and being relevant. Oh, sure. So, yeah, but the, like, they'll, the, but the thing is, they'll play these guys. Right. But what I'm and that's where I'm going with this is they'll play them. But even with these guys, Fulton, in my opinion, is still the number two. Greg Ward slides into the slot as the number three. And even if both of them are back, I don't think that Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are kicking Fulgham to number three, in my opinion. And so I look at the Steelers. If Deontay Johnson is out, it's Claypool, no question. But if Deontay Johnson, who said he's going to be practicing limited as of today already, if he's out there for this week, Claypool's still the number three. And it's the Claypool being the number three, and I compare it to the Cowboys. It's CeeDee Lamb, uh, Amari Cooper, and so far we've seen that Michael Gallup's been left out all but one game. Claypool is a great, great talent, but somebody's going to get left out. Is it going to be Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, there's a scenario where that's the case because it has been kind of so far to a degree. I just still think on opportunities, it's Claypool. So again, if you want to go Claypool, it's fine. I just would go Fulgham first, barely. Okay. So the actual wide receiver rankings for the week, one through 10, DeAndre Hopkins continues to be at number one. Now he gets the Cowboys. This should be fun. Devontae Adams back <laughs> at number two. Thielen, Ridley, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson, scoring McLaurin. He's through his bad matchups, Jake. It's time for Terry to do some scoring here. Kenny Galladay, well. Stefan Diggs, Anna Murray Cooper at number 10. Into 11, I have Mike Evans, Devontae Parker, Jamison Crowder, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, Robbie Anderson, Robert Woods, Will Fuller, V, and Justin Jefferson against the Atlanta Falcons. Sound like you had some pushback there on uh, old score and McLaurin. I, you know how much I love Terry McLaurin. Sounds like you hate him. I don't. I hate their quarterback situation. The the best chance to win everybody. Yeah. With that combined 111 yards, that wonderful game last week, I am worried about McLaurin's value without Haskins as crazy as people are going to oh, come, come back and be like, on. you're insane. Yeah, you are insane. No, Haskins sucks. No, they all Haskins suck. Does not suck. They all suck. Haskins was they all suck. Haskins was improving every single game. Even if he sucks, let's, use that argument. Let's say he sucks like Allen. He sucks like Alex Smith at this point, which, you know, great story is great to see him out there, but he de definitely wasn't up for the playing. They all suck. Well, what's the one thing we know about Haskins, even if he does, which I don't agree. He sucks. Even if he does, he targets the living hell at McLaurin and gets it to him. Yes. McLaurin got targets last week, but they didn't get to him because Kyle Allen is trash. Alex Smith can't play. So Dwayne Haskins is better for McLaurin. I like is if you don't like him, he's still better for McLaurin. So I, and here's the, here's the second part about it. James Bradbury has actually been a top 10 corner so far this year. And that's the other concern with Terry McLaurin. He's shutting everybody down, including Amari Cooper last week. So I don't think this is a top 10 play for him this week. Um, the one other thing, just as a side note, just so you can update your rankings, you have Devontae Parker against the New York Giants, not the New York Jets. Uh, see, that's you know. not see that's that's the problem. That's not even my fault. That that's the fault of the stupid editors who write these in. I put in the matchups. <laughs> 
uh, just by abbreviation. <laughs> and they're like, we need a bigger word count. Let's write out the names. And then they fuck it up. Th- <laughs> thanks, editors. Throw you under the bus on this one. Fuck. <laughs> and, and, you want, and no one ever cares about that. It's just, it's just like, no, Pat clearly put this in here. It's like, no, I didn't. The other people, I just usually list the names. They want to put in matchups. <laughs> like, ah, oh, you know how it is. <laughs> I do. That's why I want to give you a heads up because I know you're going to get everybody wants to always tell you when they're you ever want to find out if you're wrong about something, tweet an assumption and you will know immediately. Oh, if anyone, uh, there's always the typo police on Twitter. Like, you know, we make a lot of graphics. We don't have a huge team here. You know, out of listing like 150 guys every single week, there might be like a like a New York J versus New York G that's in the wrong spot. And people are like, I can't believe, I cannot take you seriously. You don't even know who is playing who. Those people get instantly muted, by the way. <laughs> like, if you're <laughs> one of the typo people, like, you can go fuck yourself. We, we put in I a lot I of hard mute people in the comments. Yeah, you should mute people in the comments. That's really the move. Uh, I'm not concerned about Bradbury on McLaurin. He's still the guy that they're going to have to go to downfield. And he's had worse matchups than this throughout the first five weeks. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take if Dwayne Haskins is not the quarterback, I will take he's not a top 10 wide receiver this week. Like as a bet. All right. You, you want to bet me that he's not a top 10? I mean, a top 10 receiver comes down to a touchdown, too. Give me a fantasy. I'll, give, I'll give, give me here, set a on. fantasy point line for me to bet over under on. That's no, I, I was going to get I was going to go way deep or not way deep, but I'll go. I'll go all the way down to 20. Justin Jefferson, better game than Terry McLaurin. Well, just set me a line. Like, what's a what's a what would be a bad game for Terry McLaurin? Like, over if we set the over under at seventeen and a half fantasy points in half point PPR, under. I'll take the over. Is that a fair line though? Seventeen and a half. I think you're giving your. I think you're giving me too much. All right. Well, then you set. I mean, a, I'll, t- I'll you, take you, that. You, you no, set a line, I mean, you set a line t- then. If I'm giving you too much, we can make it fourteen and a half if you want. I was gonna say. Well, I was gonna say. What's his actual season average so far? I'm checking real quick. Okay. Terry McLaurin. 12.4 on the season. Okay. So I'll, so, I'll, so let's boost that. Let's call it 15. Got, let's call it 15 and a half, and I'll take the over. I'll give you three points no, over say, his average. I was going to say drop it to three, 13 and a half. All right. 13 and a half. More. Is, you, all right. 13 and a half. I will take the over on that, sir. Okay. What are the worst? I mean, matters? if I'm going to say he's not going to be top 10, I want to be somewhat aggressive. Like, I, I appreciate it, but I want to be, so, I want to stand firm and be aggressive with it. Listen, I, I'm in on that. You know who the been the who has been the best shutdown corner in the league so far this year? Who? Darius Williams on the Rams. Like that's the Rams been that's scary for the Rams. <laughs> scary that he's the guy, not Ramsey. Is that what you mean? Yeah, Ramsey's also top ten, but just he's been better so far. I mean, he faces lesser competition i guess my pushback on the mclaurin thing versus like bradbury shutting down cooper is that the cowboys have myriad options they can throw to where washington doesn't yeah but you you can avoid you can avoid you can avoid bradbury it's not like he's shutting down amari cooper there's not throwing to amari cooper because but if you look at the look at the entire giant schedule who they face so shut down Steelers, who he faced in that game took care to a degree. He actually took care of Allen Robinson when he was on Allen Robinson, limited the 40. Okay. Throw out the 49ers, whatever, but he had barely anything go to him for cup and woods in that game. And then the Cooper thing, you have to factor. Yes. I get your point to that, but they also didn't even look to Cooper much because why, when he's getting quote unquote taken away, I just, again, I'm not saying, I don't say Bradbury deserves to be in the conversation with Jalen Ramsey, but for everything that I hate about Gettleman, this is like the first good thing I think he's done in a long time. The Bradbury signing has been amazing for them. And it's translated to zero wins. Congratulations, Dave Gettleman. 
and I hope that continues. <laughs> you want them to have the first pick? Oh, 100%. I want Gettleman gone. Get in Trevor Lawrence. Get rid of Daniel Jones, please. Then, then you're back on the team? I, it's, I told you, it's the same thing as the Mets. As soon as they're sold, which is going to finally happen, I'll, I'll be back in. They're, they're banned until things change. Uh, what do you make of Godwin coming off this hamstring injury? Like, if he plays, like, you got to play him, right? You know, I think you have to, similar to, like, hey, you know, Devontae Adams is injured all the way up to game time. Julio, plays. yeah. Yeah, you, you, you have to. These are top 10 wide receivers. I will say the report today while we're doing this, as you always put out there, like, hey, things can change. But they said he's not on the same field. He's on the side field just running. So it's a good sign, but don't get excited for this week yet, which makes me feel good that they're not going to rush him back. So if he's out there, you got to play him. I kind of hope that it's not till next week, and then I would feel even better about it. If it's not Godwin, do you feel comfortable starting any non-Mike Evans Buccaneers receiver, like even Scotty Miller, who just you know took a big shit on everyone on Thursday night? Well, <laughs> he did, but... It's funny. I, I, this is what I said in the waiver column is why he's still worth picking up if you're in a deeper league and you need the option. He would be my second choice because he was the weird number two wide receiver decoy. Like that, you usually see, hey, the guy's injured. We bring him back and he ends up being a decoy. Scotty Miller was the number two decoy just running around routes, even though he's the number two option. Wasn't targeted once in that game. And if you were watching closely, it looks like because he wasn't 100%. So. Uh, I think that Scotty Miller hopefully just gets back. Like, I can't see him going Orfer again. And I don't necessarily think he's going to have 70 and a touchdown, but I think he's usable this week. All right. 21 through 30, C.D. Lamb at number 21, Odell against the Steelers. I'm really torn on Odell against the Steelers because on the one hand, the Steelers have a very good defense. On the other hand, they give up a lot of big plays down the field. So it feels like it's going to be a really feast or famine type game for Odell. So 22, I felt like was a good spot. Kirk, Nikhil, Harry, Boyd, A.J. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, D.J. Chark, (laughs) D.J. Moore, Jarvis Landry is the rest from 21 to 30. Go ahead. No, sorry. Like you said, I wasn't trying to butt into your rankings. It sounded like you were stopping there this time. Sorry. Uh, with Odo Beckham, similar to what we've seen, you say the big plays is they also struggle with people who are able to win those 50, 50 balls. And if you're talking about one of the best at doing so, you would assume that Odo Beckham can do such a thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But there is the potential for a huge down game here too. I mean, that's any week with the Browns and, offense. And I, 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 I did bump down the Browns receivers just a tad solely because I'm kind of worried about Baker's shoulder that it looks like he's going to play through it, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be a hundred percent. No. And, but and Baker's play is what I go back to Baker. Any given week, it's just, he doesn't throw 40 passes a week, almost never. And then on top of that, you know, his play could go sideways any, any given week, even before the injury. So I understand downgrading him a little bit, but yeah, I, I don't see how, you're not starting Odell Beckham. I mean, even if there was nobody on a buy, you'd probably be starting him at this point. Oh, here's an interesting chart that was just shared with me. Percentage minimum 25 targets of points scored on balls thrown 15 yards down the field this season. The top five in this category are Justin Jefferson, Michael Gallup, DK Metcalf, Kelvin Ridley, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. That's interesting. I mean, just talks about the kind of plays that they run, but that's why Valdez Scantling is as frustrating as he is. Yeah, after that, it's Darius Slayton, C.D. Lamb, Darnell Mooney, Stefan Diggs, and Brendan Cooks. And then Odell was number 11. Brendan Cooks, man. Back in our lives. And then like everyone's going to be all aboard Brendan Cooks, and they'll <laughs> go back to score like zero points. 
<laughs> how how much faith if so i did a, a new section in the waiver column is unbreak my heart tony braxton back in the day okay, uh, we're going uh, back to like, of, we're, we're going back to like 96 here yeah well that's the only thing i could think of is like you know having your heart healed if, after somebody you wanted to drop or could have dropped already and is they are they back in your good graces so i gave him a heart rating and unbreak my heart and i gave him three out of five uh, do you think that's fair for cooks or are you you're more against it or more in love with it I think you have to own Cook solely because that team seems like they're going to be trailing a lot of the time and having to throw a lot of the time. They also can't run block whatsoever. That it's just going to be do you, it's not necessarily do you own him, do you not own him, is do you start or do you sit him? And I think it depends on your team. Like if you need that influx of like 25 points potentially, then you got to play him. But if you need 10 points to win a game, you probably don't play him. Yeah, but I was asking, so you say he has to be owned. So if he was at, if somebody dropped him, you would go pick him back up? Yeah. What if you dropped him? Would you pick him back up? Yeah, I, I have no scruples about okay. not doing that. Like that, that's fine. Okay. I, I make I make dumb decisions all the time. If I can rectify that <laughs> dumb decision, I'm gonna go do it. Fair enough. Uh, Juju number twenty seven. So hmm. Juju at number twenty seven. Deontay Johnson at number thirty nine. Tentatively, Chase Claypool at number forty three. It feels like these guys are going to have big games, but it's now becoming exceptionally difficult to discern who is going to have the big game and who's not. I think that the Steelers and to go back to the Cowboys point before now with the Cowboys with Andy Dalton, I feel like they're in the same conversation as the Rams running backs. Is it's going to be somebody that's probably a one, somebody probably fringy two or three, and then somebody that get potentially gets left out. And, you know, if everybody's out there, I kind of would still lean Deontay Johnson being healthy. I would lean him over Juju because Juju's just not getting the volume. He does have three touchdowns, which is nice to see, even though he only has, what, 21 or 22 targets on the year. And he's caught all but three of his balls. But Deontay was – remember, before he got hurt, and what was that, back in week three, it wasn't that long ago, it was like, oh, Deontay Johnson's the number one. It's not Juju Smith-Schuster. And something that our friend Chris Meany brought up last year, which we didn't get to see because Ben got hurt – but his concern was that Juju Smith-Schuster would not be able to handle being the number one atten attention for defenses as the wide receiver, that he needs somebody alongside of Similar, like what I brought up as a good comparison to him was Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden, when he was the true number one on a team, struggled a little bit. He was always better when he had another alpha next to him. And I think that we might be seeing that with Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'd still lean a healthy Deontay Johnson, but I agree with your point that this is probably just going to be frustrating now. And it doesn't seem like even if Johnson plays that he's going to be 100% healthy either. He was dealing with – he had the concussion. He was dealing with this toe, in, toe injury. Now he has a back injury. Like, he's just kind of crumbling before our eyes. Mm, hopefully. Again, so limited practice as of today. We're reading this on Tuesday. If he gets a full practice on Thursday, full Thursday, not finally gets out there Friday. If he gets a full Thursday and then a full Friday – I would feel better about it to your, to your uh, concern about his injury. I would say, yeah, that's what we have to monitor with him. But if I get a hundred percent healthy Deontay Johnson, I think I would start him over Juju. If I had, if I had both, which a lot of people don't, I'm just using the comparison. Uh, 28. I have DJ Chark at home against the lions. He left the game with an ankle injury last week. I'm guessing he's going to be Similar. back, but I, I haven't seen any, 
updates on him whatsoever. So if he plays, obviously you're going to play Cherk. Let's say he doesn't play. Would you go with Chenault? Because I watched a weird amount of that game, and I have never seen commentary. I It was the first time in ages because I had to do like a new setup to watch the games where I have so rarely listened to the 1 p.m. slate like commentary on games because usually it's like it's on in the background. I'm watching eight games at once, but that game was just on a TV where we had the sound on it, and that was the sound that we had on for whatever reason. Horrible horrible commentary from that game. But Colin Johnson looked really good. <laughs> Colin Johnson looks really good, but he's still left as third best. If You know, Chark. Uh, so two things here with Chark. One is I don't get under, I really don't get the, uh, the hate for him. 10 points, 10 points, 25 points in his three healthy games. Uh, missed the other game. Uh, the 10 points in the first week, he offset his low receiving total by a touchdown, which is what we want from our alpha wide receivers. That's what you want from your wide receiver ones. And he's like, People are like, well, he, he didn't do a whole lot before he got hurt. It's not like he was out there for 55 minutes and then got hurt. And he also had what was like three catches or four catches, like two on four or somewhere around there. He had two or three catches. It wasn't a nothing day. It just, you know, sometimes these receivers, you know what, aren't going to produce in the first, second, third, fourth quarter. So I don't get the chark hate. If there is no chark, I'm with you, Chenault, mostly because we've talked about this before. Chanel is similar to Edmonds with Drake. He's been more productive on a per touch basis, fewer snaps, but he's finally starting to catch Cole. He's right on his heels now. And if you're going to give me even close snap and route numbers, I'm going to take Chanel over Cole. Uh, the entire 31 through 40. All right. I already did that one. Didn't I? Um, no, did I? I can't even remember. This no, one. you didn't. You didn't yeah. actually read through it. We just yeah. talked about some of them. All right. Gallup, Hollywood Brown, Darius Slayton, Chanel, uh, Fulgham, Cooks, Preston Williams, Julian Edelman, Deontay Johnson, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones feels like if he has a bad game, people are going to drop him this week. But if we've learned anything from Marvin Jones over the course of the past three years is that it's coming. Just got to wait for it. Mm, he's in the Brandon Cooks conversation. I would not drop it probably him. Even if he has a bad game, I wouldn't drop him. I would go actively pick him up. I was ready to drop him even before the bye. He's done nothing with or without Galladay. And it is coming. But what are you going to do? You're just going to keep plugging him out there and taking the three points on the chin every single time until he does? I mean, I have him at number 40 over some of these guys behind him. Sure, yeah, I would. I'd start Higgins. I'd start, well, obviously, Claypool's situation depends on what happens there. Uh, I would start Valdez, Scantling, John Brown, Hardman. Absolutely. I don't even care that he's facing the Bills. No Sammy Watkins. Sign me up for all the me, Cole Hardman. And, oh, you just wait for the DeMarcus I mean, that's Robinson. It. I mean, you wait for the DeMarcus Robinson game. No, we know that's coming, but it's what? So one out of the, what, five games going forward without Sammy Watkins? I'll take all the hard ban. And then from down there, I know it's a bad matchup, but Debo can get a Well, as you just mentioned, who the better corner has been. <laughs> I still like Debo for the fact that he was out there. I just, that quarterback play was miserable last week. What the hell happened? Yeah, I don't know about that. It's uh, it's like watching the Rams re- watching the Rams receivers with Goff. Like on a play to play basis, like you could watch one play and be like, Jerry Goff's a top five quarterback in the league, and then you watch him on the next play. It's like, how is this guy in the league? It makes no sense. Like that's Nick Foles too. He, he like weirdly short arms throws for no reason, but then he's like right on the money with the most difficult throw of the game. He's just a very confounding quarterback to watch. hundred percent. And yeah, that's why I said Nick Foles, the exact same way, Nick Foles, Super Bowl winner, and then overthrowing freaking Allen Robinson of all people. So I I understand. I think that the whole, we were protecting Jimmy Garoppolo is a nice excuse because I, I I made this comparison. I forget who I was telling him to, but it's like baseball. And I know people that don't want to hear baseball, but just if a pitcher has a bad day, 
he's out there for his next start. It's a bad day for the pitcher. You know, you pull him the third inning, we move on. The problem with football is you can't really do that because everybody loses their mind. Oh, you pull the quarterback in the third quarter. Quarterback controversy. So I think they're kind of just making an excuse, protect Garoppolo. He just had a really bad day after being injured. He's going to be the quarterback again. You cannot tell me it's going to be Beathard. Oh, CJ Guilty Beathard? Well, let's move on to the quarterback <laughs> rankings and see who I have in right now. Likely in. Uh, sorry, tight end rankings is what we're doing next. Quarterbacks after that. Anyway, Noah Font, ankle, in. Jordan Ankins, head, in. Those guys could potentially not play, but I have them as in for the rankings right now. Likely out Dallas Goddard and Tyler Eifert with a neck injury that leaves... Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, one, two, three, as they will probably continue to be one, two, three as the season goes along. I got Janu at number four. Obviously, the Tuesday game hasn't happened yet as we go through this. Gasicki got back on track, and now he gets Lejets, Ingram, Hawkinson, Tanyan, Hurst, Graham. Essentially, after the top three, and then Smith and Gasicki this week, because Waller's on by, just fucking roll the dice. Or spin the roulette wheel and see what comes up. Mm, pretty much like i said ingram only got saved because it was a rushing touchdown yeah, although he did have one they're giving him right they had one called back they gave him two rushes near the goal line i was gonna like, say the call back one they're uh, keeping him involved at least just, at least when you know it's scoring yeah, time yeah so i remember watching your gesicki video because i was looking at your outtakes video which is probably one of your best videos from last week <laughs> that was actually really good yeah gesicki so you said the top three, the top three are obvious, but Smith and Gesicki, I feel like are on a tier of their own. If we were doing like preseason tier type stuff, I'd say Smith and Gesicki. And then the rest, if you wanted to go for Tanyan, I even told people in seasonal leagues, if you want to drop Schultz, if you want to drop Higby, Higby's not even getting out there much in front of you enough. The Everett's getting even less than Higby. They're just not on the field that much, but Schultz, Graham, Fant, Ertz, all these guys, if you want to go get Tanyan, that's fine. Eh, Ertz would be the one I don't want to drop, obviously, but Ertz just looks awful ever since Goddard left. Uh, I had this discussion with Meany on Sunday night. Do you think that Ertz is washed up, or do you think this is just a product of defenses knowing, like, hey, here's the one guy who can really hurt us. Let's take him out of the game. And if you're watching some of the games, that's kind of what they're doing. They're bracketing him a little bit. They're bringing the safety down. So I would say Ertz has has better days coming the one thing about the ravens is still this season similar to last year you can hit them over the middle of the field usually slot receivers can do some damage against them so maybe earth backs bounces back a little bit but i would not trust carson wentz even after last week i would still not trust carson wentz against the ravens defense uh, i still have schultz and higby at 11 and 12 like i think schultz I, it's kind of a wait and see thing with andy dalton i know that when dalton came in it wasn't dalton schultz time whatsoever this is just gonna be a very <laughs> high scoring game at least projected wise by based on the total that just having a guy like that in a game where there's going to be like 70 points scored, that never a bad thing to have. I All you have to do is fluke <laughs> into a touchdown. He's a top 10 tight end for the week. And with Higby, the Niners just get demolished in the middle of the field. And he's so boomer bust at this point where just looking at the other names behind him on the list, like, well, this one guy has the chance to score three touchdowns or score zero points. The rest of them have you know, the chance to score like 10 fantasy points, basically, unless they just completely go off. So if I was going to roll the dice on like just a random flyer tight end, I would look at both Bills tight ends. I have Croft above Dawson Knox just because he's been used in the red zone. But I just expect a lot of points in the Chiefs and Bills game. And when they get in close, they like to throw to these like no name tight ends. Yeah. And my pushback on Higby was going to be the fact that he needs a touchdown similar to I was going to go down to Gronkowski at 17 and I would say Higby deserves to be in that conversation though. I oh, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10 times would take Higby because he can all of a sudden have two or three touchdowns, but I would start Fant. I would start Ertz. I would start Ebron, maybe not Logan Thomas. The giants have been really good against tight ends. 
Yeah, just uh, Logan Thomas is their de facto number. I guess McKissick's their number two in the passing game. But yeah, <laughs> Thomas is still getting those targets. Maybe a, a healthy Kyle Allen can unlock that. We'll see. Quarterbacks. <laughs> meaningless targets. for the Well, and they're meaningless when he doesn't catch hey, them. Hey, real quick, just because people might be going deeper, are you putting anything into the Trey Burton usage? I have him as the highest of the Colts tight ends. That doesn't make him good. No, I'm just curious because he was like surprisingly like second game back as the second, the most used, and Ali Cox didn't even have a target in that game. Yeah, he had one at the very like on the like very last drive of the game. He got he got oh, in he? one towards the end. <laughs> but yeah, they have three tight ends that they use. So I told you they're the only team running 13 out there. Like who runs 13? Uh, when you have Philip Rivers, uh, you need to stand him upright. Apparently. Oh God. This team was better with Jacoby Brissett. I, they might be. They just with Cam and Jameis both available as free agents. Like this team would be so much better with both those guys. That's I. I don't understand how they didn't even like think about going after either one of them. Well, here we are. Quarterbacks for the week. I have Kyle Allen, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Drew Locke as all in right now. Obviously, it just makes doing the rankings much easier for me to put the and i have jimmy garoppolo in as well uh to do all of this and then i'll change them if it gets announced that these players are going to be out or trending towards being out again friday show is when the full update will happen i got Mahomes at number one against the bills kyler lamar josh allen aaron Rodgers. you start those five then we're into fitz magic gotta keep playing fitz magic <laughs> he's been great uh, it feels like the pumpkin game is coming and he had the pumpkin game against seattle and still scored 25 fantasy points so it's the best matchup you can get in the league. Let's go with the Fitzmagic. Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, and Matt Stafford are my top 10. After that, it's Brady, Cousins, Minshew, Tannehill, Teddy B, even against the Bears. He's been really good. Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, and Kyle Allen against the New York Giants. Um, there's enough guys that I think you can pick up inside the top 10, whether it be Fitzpatrick, whether it be Dalton, Stafford, Cousins, Minshew, Tannehill, that you don't really need to go that much further than 15 down the list, do you? No, you don't. And honestly, if I could do what you do with Mark Ingram, number 18 would just be called worst place. Like just, he deserves to be for everybody. Everybody wants to make the same apologies that you always hate about Mark Ingram, except Mark Ingram is actually good. Daniel Jones is not worst place. Daniel Jones. Uh, The only thing I will say about Fitzpatrick is I'm only pushing back a little bit just because I would go Watson and then I think I'd still go Cam Newton. I'd still have Fitzpatrick inside my top 10, but the game you mentioned against Seattle, he had a rushing touchdown. He had zero passing touchdowns. That's fine, though, but, the, but it's game. not like he doesn't run. Like a part of, a part no, of the, I know. A part of the built-in value for guys like Cam and Deshaun Watson is that they have the potential to score a rushing touchdown. Fitzpatrick does have the potential to score rushing touchdowns. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I'm just saying for the nitpickiness here, Again, you asked me <laughs> for the people in your comments who are like, Jake comes after Pat, like they, they it's hate a, each other. It's, like, it's, no, it's the point it's, of the show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so uh, that's that's the only thing is I would I feel more comfortable with Watson and Cam. I again would have Fitzpatrick inside my top ten. The other one who deserves to be inside your top ten, who's not, who has basically a top ten performance or top eleven, I'm sorry, except all but one week this season. Gardner Minshew. I wasn't even planning to bring this up. I had this up there because I did Joe Hulkle's show, and it was a joke from last year to have the Beowulf jersey for Gardner Minshew. But Gardner Minshew, like, I don't what, – what do we have to do? I'm asking you too, Pat, because how do you not have him as, like – I would start him over Andy Dalton, not knowing what Andy Dalton's going to do. I would start him over Stafford. 
I like the upsides in those matchups a lot better. And if things go right for Jacksonville, we're going to see some James Robinson. It's not that Minshew's been bad. I'm number 13, so just outside of the quarterback one. He is suffering from Philip Rivers syndrome just a little bit, though, where he keeps putting up these performances. You can't say he has you know, four top 11 performances so far this season, but how many top five performances does he have? None? I don't care. 20, 20, 20, and 20 in 22, 21. It's been 20 to 22 points in four out of the five games. One bad game. You're going to guarantee me 20 to 22 points. And I say guarantee because look at the matchup this week. I, I would start him as a top 10. All right. I don't think that he has the required upside to challenge it inside the top five, where I think someone like Fitzpatrick in a week like this does. Where a guy okay. like Andy and, Dalton, and real quick, a guy like Andy Dalton in this matchup against the Cardinals does. Well, so real quick to say about your upside, since week one, do you know what his minimum pass attempts are? Gardner Minshew? Yeah. Uh, since since week one? Yeah, because week one was the indie game. Uh, uh, I'd say 40? Yeah, 40. 40, 42, 45, 49. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense, but he's also not really throwing the ball down the field all that often. It's a, a lot like the Drew Brees 40 pass attempts. And he's, run, uh, and he's running slightly, a lot less slightly. than I want him to. I want him to be running more again. That's, hey, that's fair. Anyway, so uh, he's one of these safe floor lacking the required upside I want from some of the other streamers that I see out there. Like, would I, if you told me I could have one guy for the rest of the season, Andy Dalton, or actually I might take Andy Dalton in this offense. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see how that goes. <laughs> uh, I'd be willing to buy in that the upside could be huge because that defense is just so bad and he gets so many easy opponents throughout the course of the year. But someone like Fitzpatrick, like I'd rather have Minshew than Fitzpatrick the rest of the season, obviously. But in this specific matchup, I like Fitzpatrick a lot more. Okay. And, you know, I wasn't saying Fitzpatrick. I was just saying I would have Minshew inside my top ten. So Okay. It's like Kirk Cousins. I'd rather have Minshew than Kirk Cousins. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins against Atlanta. Okay. I wouldn't. I think Kirk Cousins feels a little better, but feels like the Daniel Jones argument everybody tried to make last week against the Cowboys. Yeah, and listen, you don't expect Evan Ingram rushing touchdowns in that game. <laughs> <laughs> but you do expect Daniel Jones to be, hey, I'll do it two times on your show. Shit. Yeah, well, I thought he would have run a little bit more as well. That's what, How many rushing yards did he end up with last week? Who cares? I do, because I was looking at the, I was looking at betting the prop, and then the prop was like 29 and a half or something like that. I was like, that seems really high. But at the same time, like that's what I want him to do if I'm starting. Yeah, he had minus seven he, yards rushing. <laughs> I was going to say, he's not even rushing that much this year, is he? Uh, well, in the, he's got he, before, 20, before. Okay, so he's been he under three he, times and over twice. Uh, of that number, yeah, is 22, 21, 49, and 45. Which so, is pretty good. Pretty de- that's a pretty decent floor for a quarterback, considering he scored no it touchdowns. Is. Would, would you go over or under and betting the line this week, just out of curiosity? For 29 and a half? I'd say under against the Washington front with Chase Young back. Oh, but I could see that going the other way, too, where if he's under more duress, then he's not looking down the field a little bit more, and he may be more inclined to take off. He might be more inclined to take off, but I don't think he's getting away. Is my pro- that offensive line is doing him zero favors. Well, no, because just look at the Rams game. Six rushes for 45 yards. You know, you have Donald near face the entire game where you, in order to uh, just evade him, you have to hit the outside, and you're just running the ball more. Like, he only had two rushing attempts last week because Dallas generated zero pressure. Sure. He's not a designed runner by any means, but right. he will scramble. So the more scrambling situations you can get, he will probably actually rush for more yardage in games where he's under more duress. 
Except, in my opinion, you don't get away from the Washington's defensive ends when the pressure for the Rams with Donald and all that. It's coming up the middle, so you can get outside easier. I mean, so just well, just look at the San Francisco game as well. Like that's another game where, and a part of this has to do with score as well. Um, maybe you're right that this game, since the Giants, I believe, are favored, it could be a little bit closer. That you don't no, have to rely really. on doing those things. Where in the Niners game, where they're just down by a bunch, like they were just generating pressure all game from everywhere on him, but then they just stopped caring by the fourth quarter. In the <laughs> Dallas game, that game is closer, so you know, you're turning around and still handing the ball off instead of just checking up the ball, you know, 35 times, 40 times in a game. So I can see it both ways, but I would think that the more he feels the pressure, the quicker he is to just put the ball down and go for a run. They're favored by three and a half. Yeah, it seems That's like ridiculous. a lot. Seems like a lot. So are you ta- so in, in the end of things, if you bet today, would you be taking the over or the under on the rushing? I'd probably bet over, but I probably wouldn't bet it. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't feel good about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, defenses to close this out where do i have my defenses this is not yeah the football is number one i do not have them number one i have them number four Uh, i have the steelers at number one against a potentially banged up baker the patriots against who knows at quarterback uh, at home against denver the ravens against philly washington the rams late titan against houston with their pressure against deshaun watson and the no offensive line the colts the browns the dolphins the cardinals and i got the chiefs the niners the packers the texans and the bills uh for you know i went 15 this week and it you can definitely go pick up some of these teams put it that way <laughs> <laughs> you could i think that people are going to ask you why you don't have the giants i just maybe it's a like conscious bias to me but i would want to face a team like with washington especially because this is going to be a close game washington's going to try to take the air out of the ball they're going to try to run a whole bunch in this game uh and without haskins even with haskins it's not like they turn the ball over that much like they just don't have the opportunity to turn the ball over that much they're not taking shots down the field the only time that ever happens is with mclaurin and usually those are just like eight yard slants over the middle it's like check downs to mckissick check check downs to gibson miss passes to logan thomas that go out of bounds like I just don't see where the scoring comes from. This does feel like a really slow game where Danny, where Danny thumbs is going to thump. That's going to happen. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. So I, I, I asked you that because I wanted you to bring it up for discussion because people have been asking like, why don't you like the giants as a streaming defense? And similar to all those reasons, because I think they're top 12 or 13 on the year defensive wise for fantasy. But similar to what you just said is I'm taking the Washington defense all day long, but Kyle Allen would make me feel a little bit better about the giants defense, but I think this is kind of like one of those slog fest 13 to 10 games anyway. Yeah, and I just I trust the Washington defense to generate more pressure than I do the Giants defense. Oh, 100%. So, 100%. Uh, let's see. I just want to go back and look at fantasy points scored for the Giants. They had one like really fluky game in a game they lost though, didn't they? Isn't that where like all their fantasy points come from? Wasn't it last week on the pick from? 6? I don't know. I wasn't looking at their actual score. I was looking at just earlier today because somebody was asking and I, I was surprised they ranked in the top 12. Yeah. Was last week they scored 12 against the Cowboys, but outside of that, it was 4, 8, 2, and 4. Yeah, on, in terms of DraftKings scoring, it was 11, 5, minus 2, 9, and 4 so far this season. <laughs> and that awesome. came against that a bang, and that came up against a banged up Niners defense, uh, the Chicago team with Trubisky still playing. Right, it's funny that their best defensive performance came against Dallas because they had that tip pick six that went back the other way. Yeah, that's what it comes down to a defensive score. Was the, the minus two was against the 49ers? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. 
that'll do it. Pat Mayo Experience. Check out the rankings. They are in. They're, they're up on DKPlaybook.com. You can find the hyperlinks in the description of the video and podcast. Jake, let everyone know once again when you have <laughs> stuff coming up. Because with the Tuesday game, it's probably a bit out of whack or you're just going to be up really late. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to be up really late. The waivers come out Monday night at midnight. I'll have to update them. Hopefully nothing major happens in the game tonight, And but I'm going to be updating them if something does. And then the rankings will still come out at Monday. Uh, I might just do sleepers at midnight Tuesday. Normally the rankings will come out. I might wait till tomorrow for the rankings. But yeah, over at The Athletic, still one buck a month to go sign up for new subscribers right now, which is just insane. And then, yeah, all the good stuff over there. All in sports podcast. At All in Kid. You say that all the time. People should know this by now. Yeah, and you know, check the link, all that kind of stuff. Uh, at the PME, yeah. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where you can find me. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star rating. If you feel generous with all this terrible advice, but it's free, remember that. Uh, please leave a review as well. We'll be doing giveaways very soon for people who have left reviews for the audio podcast. If you're watching the video, smash a like in the comment section. Please tell me your favorite running back sleeper of the week that you could potentially go plug and play if you need someone this week. And the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link is also down there as well. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake, best tournament on DraftKings. Highly suggest you check it out just like I do with FTNDaily.com. Code Mayo gets you a discount on top of the discount that's already available. Okay? Pat Mayo, thank you all for watching. Good luck this week. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.